This podcast is proudly supported by Drama Victoria. Consider becoming a Drama Victoria member today to take advantage of the many member benefits. We would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record. We record on the land of the Bunurong people and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are speaking with Claire Healy, an Australian actress, pianist, musician, songwriter and composer. She is the musical director for the Australian production of Six the Musical, as well as playing Joan the Pianist. Claire is a graduate of both the VCA and Arts Academy Ballarat. She has written and performed cabaret across the world to sold-out audiences, receiving awards and acclaim. As an actor, Claire appeared alongside Miriam Margulies in Lady in the Van with Melbourne Theatre Company and has toured extensively with Frantic Theatre Company in the UK. Today we discuss how Claire went from passionate, content performer to musical director of the world's most popular production right now, Six the Musical. Without any further ado, I bring you Claire Healy. Welcome to the podcast, Claire Healy. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for giving us your time. We know you are in the middle of performing. It's wonderful to have you here. It's uh, wonderful to be here. Uh, firstly, six is just brilliant. It's taken Melbourne completely by storm. Congratulations. How does it feel? It feels fantastic. Um, it's such a joyful show to be a part of. Um, the audience response, especially in Melbourne, actually, don't tell other cities, um, <laughs> has been so overwhelming. Um, and I, I just I feel so lucky, lucky to be able to work with such a beautiful cast and creative team. Um, it's such a beautiful environment. Everyone's so lovely. It's, yeah, it's, it's great. I love it. Yeah, it looks great. It sounds great. You're working in the top of your field. It's incredible how, how wonderful it must feel. Uh, but it didn't just all happen at once. And I no. think, you know, your <laughs> journey from that Kitan performer, that lover of music uh, to the, this amazing human being with these great accomplish, accomplishments you have now, are you happy to talk us through you know, the last 20 years of your life and how you got, how you got to a position like this. Cause it's really, it's a great story and it's not necessarily a typical. No, it's, it's very, oh, I, I would say I made some interesting choices that were not linear. Um, and I didn't set out thinking I'm going to be the musical director of a big musical. That's not really how I, how I got here. Um, it's been a, a winding and very exciting path. <laughs> And where do you think that started? So I I always loved going to the theatre. I think the, fir- the first show that I saw, I was, God, I think I would have been about like four. My parents took me to see The Wizard of Oz at the Arts Centre when I was really little. And like, I thought it was real. It was overwhelming. It was fantastic. And um, I... I spent my childhood um, playing piano and singing in the school choir and doing all of the school productions and doing ballet and jazz and doing amateur theatre. I think I I may have compromised some of my year 12 results to go and play Sandy in the local theatre production company of Greece. And it Um, was worth it. It was so worth it. I learned so much. Um, And... Yeah, so from there, I uh, I went to Ballarat Arts Academy, which was um, which is a, a huge learning experience. I I think coming from a little country town, I was it was you know it felt like moving to the big city, um, and yeah, it was 
great. And I thought coming out of there, I thought I was going to be an actor and I, I went and did a lot of independent theatre in, in Melbourne. I did lots of plays. Um, and then I, I started writing comedy songs to make my friends laugh at parties. I thought it was just a fun thing to do. It wasn't something I wanted to do as a job. Um, and some of those friends were actors and some of those friends asked me to write music for their shows. And from then I started doing, you know, cabaret stuff as well. Um, yeah. absolutely because your your journey takes you to the vca it takes you to edinburgh it takes you around the world and then brings you back to melbourne it's it's exciting not to give it away of course spoilers (laughs) no spoilers um so i i really love doing cabaret and i i left ballarat feeling like i i didn't quite fit into that sort of mainstream musical theater mold and I loved the fact that in cabaret I could I could do whatever I want I could be whoever I wanted I could make people laugh and I loved that connection that really immediate connection with the audience um and uh, I ended up moving to London and I lived there for two years and I did I did the Edinburgh Fringe I did a lot of sort of musical comedy gigs around London and um I also ended up doing um I spent about nine months performing solo musical comedy shows in uh, care homes and nursing homes and for people with disabilities and for like tiny church groups out in Wales. And it was um, like I would turn up to a gig not knowing if there were going to be four people, if there were going to be 200 people. Um, So, again, that was a huge learning experience and, and being able to be flexible and be creative and to hold the attention of people even though it's you know it might be in a situation that is not necessarily you know I guess what you train for at musical theatre school when you think you're going to be in a proscenium arch not Um, ideal performing context well I think it, it kind of was for some people and and I loved being you know the the one show that they might see all year because they couldn't get out. They couldn't, you know, if they had a, a disability and they found it really difficult to get to a theatre, if they lived regionally, um, being able to come into that space and bring that experience to someone was incredibly special. Um, yeah. And that would have perhaps helped you. I mean, working with audiences of varying sizes and inter- interrelating with people, I mean, that would have helped you, you as, a, as a performer and writer, help you connecting with people, even helping you prepare for shows, right? Yeah, definitely. I think it really helped my my cabaret performing because of that, developing those relationships with the audience and also creating a really uh, a really safe space for people to, you know, I in my shows I've done a lot of audience participation, but I, I really don't like that kind of you, you person. I'm going to make you do something and make you feel uncomfortable and everyone's going to laugh at you. I, I want people to, in, in my shows, to, to feel like it's a space where, they belong and where it's a a kind of community and they feel supported and they feel okay to, you know, join in and be a part of an experience. And I think that that experience of of performing for for those shows really shaped that, I guess, that that wish of of what theatre can be for, for people. And six does a little bit of that. Absolutely right. Yes. If you're, you're welcome to engage and, and part of the team and involved from the very start, which is great. Yes. So uh, you've you've now toured all around uh, 
you, uh, all around the United Kingdom. You've been to Edinburgh and done shows, and then you come back to Melbourne to study well, again. Not quite. Oh um, no. <laughs> more adventures in the UK. Um, so uh, a friend of mine who is a director, he is, um, his name's Justin Martin. He's, you should definitely check out, I think his latest play, uh, Prima Facie. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, they've just filmed it for NT Live. You can go and see it at the movies. It's got Jodie Comer in it. Anyway, he's an Australian director. Absolutely incredible. Also a good friend of mine. Um, he, um had heard some of my comedy songs and he was doing a play in Ireland um, with a Galway Theatre Company for the Galway Theatre Festival. And he said, look, I want some music in the show. I really want you to write the music for it. And I said, no, I can't do that. That's that's very difficult. That's not something I've trained to do. Um, and he convinced me to, to write some songs and write some music for this play. And I just it it really did change the kind of trajectory of what I wanted to do um so I I wrote some comedy songs I wrote some serious songs and then I ended up writing a whole heap of underscoring and and recording that and we did that at the Galway Theatre Festival it was called Low Level Panic it's a really wonderful play um and it went really well we ended up touring it all around Ireland and uh, then a few years later, after I'd moved back to Australia, we did it at the Old Fitz in Sydney as well. And I just, being part, not being on stage, but being part of the creative team and being part of those conversations about how, you know, dramaturgically, how to put everything together and, and how to create that experience for the audience. Um, I just loved it. And so after, um, after doing that play and moving back to Australia, I thought I want to do this more I want to do it properly I want to do this better so I uh, applied to go to the VCA to do interactive composition and so I did an honours and and then I went on and did a master's degree and as part of that master's degree I worked with acting students I wrote music for um, Caucasian Chalk Circle I did work for a whole heap of the directors masters of directing students um, and I've also written music for a lot of different plays in independent theatre in Melbourne and I just I love it I love it it's not something that I ever set out to do but it's something that I really do love doing and you do it so very well I'm lucky enough to have seen you perform many many times over the last I'm going to say 15 years but perhaps it's even longer than that now it's 2008 <laughs> I'll do the maps Ooh. later I know it's a long time I guess 2006 in fact uh so uh you're in Melbourne you're, you're writing, you're working at the VCA. So you're studying at the VCA, working with lots of different creatives. How does that go, especially during the pandemic, from that kind of work to Six the Musical? Uh, so, again, it was not a linear pathway. <laughs> so I, I, um, I was still doing cabaret. I was still doing um, the sort of Australian festival circuit. And uh, so my cabaret work was produced by Annie Burke, who is a wonderful, wonderful person. She works at Malthouse. Um, and she ran into her friend, Dean, director, Dean Bryant, down the street one day. And he was like, oh, we're looking for someone who's an actor, but they also play piano and we're trying to find someone and we're finding it really difficult. And Annie was like, well, I've got this friend. Uh, she's really great. You should give her a call. And so she passed on my email address and um, MTC got in contact with me and said, would you like to audition for this play? Um, and I thought, no, nah, I think, I don't think, I think that's going to be a little bit out of my 
sphere of what I'm able to do. Um, but my wonderful partner was like, no, you should really do this. <laughs> Just follow up, at least find out what it, what it requires. Um, and so I, I followed up and I auditioned and I got the part in um, Lady in the Van, which sort of was my first main stage show. And I think that made a real difference in, I guess, showing people that I could, I guess, I don't know, be in that kind of commercial professional environment. Um, and a lot of people went and saw it. Um, so when I got the call up to be like, hey, we're looking for someone to be musical director for uh, Six the Musical, is that something that you might be able to do? And I said, well, you know, I'd, I'd love to have a chat. When I mentioned Lady in the Van, the producers had seen it, so they knew what I could do. They'd seen me on stage. Um, yeah, it, it all sort of snowballed a little bit from there. So we, we went and we did, uh, we rehearsed for three weeks and then we did, I think, three or four months of the Sydney season at the Opera House um, at the end of 2019, start of 2020. And so we were all ready to go for our Melbourne season back then. So we all said goodbye to each other for two weeks and we didn't see each other for two years. Um, within a week of us having a break, we were in lockdown and pretty much out of, out of work. But, and and that those two years did was there a lot of communication during that time? Did you know that six kept coming back? Was there ho hopes dashed, or was it? A, did you know? Did you know you, that the plan was set? Oh, we hoped that it would come back, and then because I mean, no one really knew at the start how long everything was going to be shut for. So we kept getting like, maybe it's going to be this month, and then no, everything's still shut. Maybe it's going to be this month, no. And so we'd had so I had so many phone calls saying, look, we're not going to be able to do it this time. We'll give you a call. We're trying to get it happening later on. Um, I I really. I really wasn't sure if it was going to happen again. And it had been such a huge step forward in my career. It was really, really bad timing. <laughs> Pandemic was bad timing for everyone, but it felt uh, pretty crushing at the time. Um, but, you know, we... It happened. Yeah, and <laughs> It really didn't feel real until we were on stage in Sydney again. And it's come off in such a wonderful way and so many people are loving it. And you've got, I know musicals often have returned audiences, but goodness, people keep coming back and back and back for six. They love it. They can't get enough of it. And it's a beautiful show. You know, the start and the end obviously link, but there's this great sense of why are they fighting? Why is there this infighting? What's going on? And then they have this beautiful justification. Again, no spoilers, obviously, but it's it's just wonderful. All, all the things that the show comes together in, in a magic way. And you get to be on stage as well as musically direct. Can you talk about how you've managed to balance those two things or how that works for you? I think it really brings together a lot of different parts of my my sort of creative journey from, you know, studying musical theatre performance to, you know, working in cabaret where you're, you know, really working with the audience um, to the sort of composing and musical direction work that I've done with my own writing. So all of those things have sort of come together in this, this one beautiful, perfect moment at this show for me. Um, I love being on stage. I love interacting with the performers. There's, there's a lot of... Um, sort of moments where where the musicians and the actors are sort of you know 
because all of the, the musicians are characters in the story as well. And they're all based on real ladies in waiting. We've done our research. <laughs> and so we, we love, you know, being a part of the story um, and being on stage and interacting with each other. And yeah, it's great. Well, it's evident how much joy you are having on the stage. I was lucky enough to have actually seen you perform as Joan and, and um, hear you talk to our students as well. As a musical director of, of a show with 500 swings, no, uh, <laughs> with a new swing every night because of COVID, because of everything. Like you, yeah. you're managing to do a show in, still during a global pandemic. It's, it's not over yet. Um, how have you gone as a, as a flexible performer and creative in that space? How are you handling that? Um, it's, I think at the start when, when we were still rehearsing and because all of the swings cover all six of the roles, we were doing nine show weeks in Sydney as well as rehearsing twice a week with the swings and then rehearsing during the show when the swings weren't performing, different characters. We were doing extra tech rehearsals to get all of the swings teched in for every single role. Um, so it was a lot of work right at the start of the of the run, um, and it does it does require a lot of flexibility from from everyone on stage because each of the swings are not recreating the original performance of whoever originated the role. Everyone comes on stage with their own interpretation of who that queen is. So whenever you see a swing on stage, it's never going to be just you know the recreation of someone else's performance it's their own take on Catherine of Aragon or Anne of Cleves and it's 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 a, a, a bit of a sort of a, a flexibility exercise for everyone on stage but also it makes it more fun especially when you're doing a show for for months and months and months the fact that it's not the same every night and you might have a different Cleves and that brings a different energy and they have different sort of moments where they're able to land different versions of a joke. And it's, yeah, it keeps, it really does keep it interesting and keeping it really fresh and fun for everyone. And fresh and fun are certainly the two words I would use to describe that show. It is such a joy to be in the audience and watch. Uh, so this is a question I, I'd like to, to know. You, you, you're you going to speak hopefully to lots of people around Victoria that are currently studying drama, 14-year-olds in Kyneton right now, thinking it's impossible. Like I could never be where the incredible Claire Healy is. Well, what kind of journey is that? Do you have words of wisdom or words of advice or, or sage sayings for anyone out there who looking to in 20 years be who you are now? Oh, I've got I've got a couple. <laughs> I don't know. We'll how, take them all. How good, my advice would be. Um, but I think follow your joy is really important. I think I spent a lot of time worrying about, you know, what the right pathway was to get to where my goal was going to be, and and making sure that I did it the right way. And I've I've ended up doing, you know, what is essentially my dream job. Um, and I've had so many adventures along the way and I've done so many incredible different roles within making theatre and all of them have been fantastic and fun and exciting. And it's even things that I didn't think that I was qualified for or that I didn't think I had the skills for. Um, whenever I've said, oh, yeah, I'll give it a go. I'll, you know, I'll do a couple of YouTube tutorials and I'm sure I can figure it out and I'll do a bit of reading and I'll figure it out and it'll, it'll be great. And usually it, it is. Um, so yeah, follow your joy, do what excites you that what makes you happy, what makes you 
interested in what you're passionate about and it will take you to unexpected and interesting places as it has taken you what a <laughs> career you've had already and it's so exciting the next 20 years of clear healing can you imagine if you have that same journey between 20 years ago and now and the next oh, 20 gosh. years incredible incredible and wonderful uh thank you so very much for your time today claire healy thank you thank you for having me That is all from us at The Aside. Huge thanks again to Clear Healy for taking time out of her very busy schedule to talk to us. There are a load of episodes in the bank, so feel free to go through those more than 300 now related to VCE drama, VCE theatre studies, and the Victorian curriculum. If you would like to ask us a question or you have a suggestion for a future episode, do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. We answer a number of emails each week and are very happy to help. Huge thanks to Hale Lavery for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. Thank you to Aaron Searle for providing the music. And of course, thank you for listening. <laughs>